0: One of these days, I'll share a really fun story about squash and being and a, and a wine and cheese evening before playing squash. I'll share that story one of these days, but not tonight.
1: Why don't we do a special podcast with it? Uh, it
0: could be it could be worked into a podcast somewhere for sure.
1: All right, we'll talk about Doctor Energy and his squash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Joe, Dr. Energy Piazza. Rara is in the house. Catherine asaro Myers. Welcome back to BU Network Podcast, conversations worth having. On our podcast, you can expect three things. One, the BU guest moment. Two, the BU moment. And three, the BU final moment.
1: As promised, we are giving you a very special Audible on each show. Your job, well, not your job, it's to find it. You know the game, Where's Waldo? Well, here we will ask you to listen for that Audible. Dr. Energy, it's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. What do you think?
0: Wow, it was a a beautiful evening here. The early part of the day was a little bit... Yeah. but it turned out to be a beautiful afternoon and a spectacular evening.
1: Well, I got to walk 10,000 steps and hold my 10-pound dumbbell in one day. So this has been a fantastic day for me so far.
0: That's awesome.
1: We got to do something with our days, right? Mm-hmm. So today, I know it won't necessarily matter when this episode comes out, but Today was a Sunday. Sometimes I'm not sure what day it is, but...
0: (laughs) Especially lately. It's like, what day is it? Okay, sure. Well, I
1: now know what it's like to be little again and to be observant of what's around me. So every Mm. single day... I'm taking a walk and I'm noticing who's on the street and who isn't. And it's usually, I'm like a little puppy. I go out around the same time. And I noticed today around that time that there were more people out and I thought it must mm. be a different day of the week.
0: And the weather too.
1: Mm, yes. It makes yes. a difference. So let's talk about speaking about big difference. Mm. Let's talk about what's going on in your life, in your mind, in your head. i love getting into your head at mm. this moment,
0: or our be you moment. Hmm. Well, I'm yeah, that's a hard one to say today. It's there's a you know, there's a lot going on in the world. I'm I'm just taking the time to really spend some time um, delving deeper into who I'm being in the world and how I'm showing up in the world and trying, I'm not going to say trying, and doing my best to stay in a grounded, positive place, because getting sidetracked into fear and anxiety and anxiousness and depression, it's just not a productive place to be. Your brain doesn't work the same way. You don't make I don't make good decisions when I'm there and um so I'm just really focusing on maintaining a positive mindset acknowledging when those less than desirable emotions come up and being with them in the moment but also recognizing why they're there and really using them as fuel to get to something more to something deeper in myself and showing up even more with more energy as you'd like to call me dr energy mm-hmm. so showing up with and being even more energy being more of who i am and why i'm here and what i'm made of so that's what's going on for me right now how about yourself
1: wow wait a minute let me absorb that and process <laughs> that that was that was freaking heavy <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff there i love that i've had
0: some time with it. So.
1: Bring it on, baby. That was good. Where are you? At? What part of the world are you in?
0: Uh, I'm, in I'm in Ottawa and uh, in my home office slash recording studio and sitting by the window. So I'm able to, you know, see the sun and, you know, the, the time of the year we're at here in the spring mm. and the angle that the sun comes through the, much later in the day now as well. It's, it's, it's I get a, a really nice sunset coming through the window through the tree that's starting to bud outside my window. It's, it's pretty awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. What about you? You're still in Toronto, right?
1: Yes, I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, I I decided to do like when this episode comes out again,
2: mm-hmm. who
1: knows what's going to be going on. But yeah. here's what I tend to be doing now, and I do it as a regular practice. But I'm being very diligent about it. Um, I keep myself super busy like mm. i take on things that some of my friends say what so for example like i'm, I'm here i'm here in my bridge room right now yeah, and yeah. this is an amazing place to be and i have my 10 pound dumbbell and I'm so happy my fitbit is given me the right numbers and i'm so excited about that like this is just fantastic but i take things on and I take them on. Like I want to go live three times a day on social mm-hmm. media platform or two times a day because now there's some really amazing kindness right. workshops going on. So yep. I'm definitely subscribing to that. So since I'm putting a lot of time into obtaining content, I wanted to make that part of my day. So I'll, I'll give myself the schedule of going live at scheduled times. And then around that, I certainly have bookings through my other business, the bridge. Mm. So that keeps me busy. But on top of it, I schedule my exercise and my meditation. Right. And David and I meditate twice a day together. And then there's a third time that I take that sort of on my own mm-hmm. and have a rotating exercising routine, which means that what I'm doing right now is really appreciating the system that we came up with. So we have a home gym now because our gym closed and we have our living room, which is now turned into our yoga studio. (laughs) We have this little (laughs) solarium room off the living room where the yoga mat lives, like the Pilates mat lives there. So what we decided to do is every day we need to reward ourselves by doing two of three different forms of activity. Doesn't mean right. we can't do three, but two is the necessity. And so we tell each other, like, have you done that or that? And we we keep each other accountable. So here's what those three things are. One is we either go for a walk every day together, like we right. don't go apart. So that's either one of the three. The other is we go into what we call the home gym right. and then, or do our yoga so we can't get all three in because that would take about three hours and a half to be honest Mm -hmm. with you and we don't have three and a half hours a day for that but we have like couple two and a half yeah Mm -hmm. exactly like two and a half so we'll walk for like an hour and a half and then we'll you know david found me a 45 minute like we agree that we're going to do the same yoga so that way we see how we're improving but you know what i do i sneak in a Second
0: one. So, <laughs>
1: and so he's like, You're what,
0: not what? Com- competitive much? God, oh my.
1: God, I'm ridiculous. So then I have to go put in, you know, like this extra 50, oh, it's only 16 extra minutes. So we have this routine where we keep ourselves accountable for that. So if it's raining, we know we're not going to go out for a walk. So, you know, we've got the gym and the yoga. And so we alternate so that we can not be in each other's space because, I mean, although I would sit in there and talk to him while he's working out, we don't want to do that. We want each other to really benefit from it. So this routine takes three plus hours out of our schedule and we make sure it's in there in addition to all the other things that I decided to add on to my Mm. life. That's sort of a 30 day commitment that I made to go live, you know, two, three times a day in addition to my work. So I am really at this stage of remaining highly productive and it keeps me in that high zone. You know, there are zones that we can go Mm. into, right? I wake up, and need to make my, you know, I have this Italian, you know, this Mm. blue satin thing, you know, with 25 pillows and stuff. So I have (laughs) to do that. As soon as I get up in the morning, it's like, it's coming over, right? Like that's just what needs to be done. The pillows are up and I have to make sure that I am completely, whatever that presentable means, it could be grungy Mm. that day, which isn't my usual look, but you know, I mean, that could just be my day, but I am up and ready and showered so if i want to wear my ripped jeans and my ripped jeans i am on a schedule and routine this has saved me so the reason why i'm going into this is anybody who's listening regardless of what month we're in right now if you really want to keep yourself you know in a good frame of mind find what you love and do it and then it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like work right. You but so ta- you got to make
0: time for it right
1: Right. If you love it, like what we're doing now, I totally, absolutely love this. So it doesn't feel like work and it keeps me up and it keeps me accountable. So I don't have these moments of, I don't really know what to do or, you know, I'm, I'm scheduled and I schedule my free time, obviously, because I have to do something like I have to eat or take a walk or free time. Like, okay, I just want to read a book. Like, okay, I leave time in my schedule for that. But I definitely tell myself when to get up and when to go to bed, so that I don't you know forget to go to sleep and like <laughs> stay up till two in the morning because I think well, you know things have changed i don't right. I don't really let it affect me like that, so i'm pretty pretty regimented, and I have to say I'm in good spirits. What I would like to do is I'd like to add something else outside but you know it's just the way that things are right now like i like taking a walk but i'd like to be more like did we have a tennis court here but i know that that's just gonna mess up my shoulder so i don't really Mm want to do that but i would love to you know get out there and like like say hey let's let's do this together let's like hit let's volley this ball back Mm. and forth Every, i threw my shoulder out playing badminton cuz i'm so competitive it's ridiculous <laughs> like i can't even take a birdie well, in a racket without did you know, to kill
0: did it. you know i used to play competitive badminton
1: oh did you well oh yeah. look at that i used to play squash and almost kill my opponent you know yeah. i'm that's such a, it's i love that type of sport but i'm just so competitive nobody wants yep. to play with me
0: i have a uh, one of these days i'll share a really fun story about squash and being in a and a wine and cheese evening before playing squash. I'll share that story one of these days, but not tonight.
1: Why don't we do a special podcast with it? Uh,
0: it could be it could be worked into a podcast somewhere for sure.
1: All right. We'll talk about Dr. Energy and his squash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Racket uh, sports are fun. I played tennis I played tennis as well, so I I know about the, and at the time when I was playing a lot of competitive tennis, I you know, I was tried out for the university tennis team and I was amongst the last one or two cuts. Um, but I was also playing a lot of baseball, slow pitch, and I was an outfielder. So a lot of throwing. So I, I'm very familiar with the shoulder.
1: Oh, injuries. right. Yeah. Even when I took golf lessons, mm-hmm. I, I, everything to me is like the first and last contact ever. Like yep. you know, that's just how I view it. So all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's uh that's where I'm at. And I what I'm really excited about today. Mm. I'm excited about getting together with someone that mm. lives what is that? Three thousand how many miles? Three thousand yeah. miles probably S- something
0: like that. Uh, okay. From one coast to the other. All
1: right. Yeah. West coast to east coast and yep. different time zones and high energy. And yep. I, I really have Fallen like really, I drank the Shima Kool Aid. I really have. <laughs> you I, have a I, girl I, crush. I do. I have a girl crush on her, and I'd really like our audience to have a girl crush on her too. So let's go
0: over there. Yeah. And, spe- <laughs> and speaking of all in, yes. 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 All right. We'll see you on the other side, maybe on the other coast, as the case, maybe
1: <laughs> coast to coast.
0: Coast to coast. Conversations <laughs> worth having. <laughs> <laughs> B U study be more at ease in your communication so you too can have conversations worth having what is b u study a private online room to rehearse impromptu speaking receive instant feedback and achieve quick results and feel confident that no one is laughing unless you're telling a joke
1: plug in anytime anywhere Study with seasoned pros. Access your customized feedback. Then speak with ease and build amazing relationships. Dr. Energy. Are yes. You are you with us?
0: I am so with us.
1: Are you in it all the way? <laughs>
0: You know I am. <laughs> I
1: want to make sure that everybody who's listening knows the kind of Sicilian that you really are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Takes one to no one.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. And we we are certainly in it all the way, up to our eyeballs as a matter of Sometimes, fact.
0: Sometimes, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I really love about what we're gonna be doing and what we are doing is I love the people and the flavor the different perspectives that mm. everybody has from all over the world at any given day today in these times of change anytime it's really really special to hear how people are flowing through their
0: days yes yes absolutely there's and you know we all have a lot of you know I thought we were going to have a lot more time on our hands with all of this but it, I think I'm as busy or busier than ever to be honest
1: you know, I, I'll tell you something funny. I am scheduling. It sounds obsessive, but just, you know, bear with me. Three <laughs> meditations and two workouts a day. It has to be scheduled. Otherwise, it just doesn't get in the right place, mm. right? I don't want right. to do two meditations back to back and two. So it needs that wouldn't make sense. So with this time of maybe some people not having a routine or a system, mm. I am highly systematized mm-hmm. for change, or as we should say, as usual. Right. And it's, it's been really interesting, but yet very refreshing to know that when you put your mind to it, it really does go the yes, way you want yes, it to.
0: Yes. And, and I'm guessing, knowing some of the background of our guest tonight, that she understands scheduling and systems and systemization. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it in. I am, I'm stumbling all over my tongue tonight. That's all right. Systemization. And uh, so I, I, think, I think we're going to be in for a really good conversation tonight.
1: You're absolutely right. I would like to welcome, I would like to say my friend, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, right on the air. I'd like to introduce my friend Shima Hasselou. Hello, 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 you guys! Hello, Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for
2: this conversation of systemization and scheduling <laughs> when, <laughs> when I haven't even worn normal pants for a couple weeks now. <laughs> um,
0: I don't think anybody I gotta, has. I gotta, least have...
2: I gotta up my game here. At least you have you... pants on.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> I mean, you you might not know. I mean, I might. I might not. I'm
0: yeah. um,
1: just gonna leave it
0: out there. Well, we are we you know it's a good thing we're just we're not on camera. That's all, right?
1: Right. <laughs> you know the funny thing Shima is regardless of what you are doing in your physical space, it comes through in your voice, mm-hmm. it comes through in your energy that when you are somewhere, you're there. And this is what I love about you. Like you're in, you're all in or you're not. Correct? I hope so. I mean, uh, if there's any other way,
2: someone, please tell me, because this is the <laughs> only way I know. I didn't know. it was just a Sicilian thing. <laughs> I've always tried to be Italian,'m uh, next lifetime, I'm definitely Italian, but you know the Persian, <laughs> the Persian way is usually not super present, but you know, um, it's the only way that I know, and I love that as a compliment, so thank you so much.
0: You're welcome.
1: You're very welcome. You're welcome. There is something else that really strikes me about you. There are so many wonderful things. We'll talk about your amazing background, but you and Dr. Energy both have, in a very nice way, piercing blue eyes. Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, maybe Dr. Energy. Are they blue?
0: Energy, are they blue?
2: Energy, man, <laughs> My yeah. eyes are actually green. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Either way,
0: green, green eyes, blue eyes, I'm assuming being Persian, you have dark hair and darker skin. So, you know, being Sicilian, I'm slightly dark, olive skinned a little bit with dark hair. So, you know, the, the, the lighter colored eyes and the dark, the dark hair, it works well for us.
1: Yeah, I think. And uh, they are, they are piercing. They are, pe- Shima, your, your photo just happens to be the one that I'm looking at. They are gray, green, hazel, beautiful. You're right. They're gorgeous. They're stunning my, with your black.
2: Thank you. You could write my uh, dating app profile.
1: <laughs> I, you're absolutely right. Maybe that's maybe we should start
0: another podcast and 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 helping 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 professionals get dates. I don't
1: know. Oh my god! (laughs) Being
2: married, love that as a career. Actually, that would be so fun fixing people's dating profiles. Oh my god!
1: I would say that being married five times and divorced three times qualifies me. It has as head honcho.
2: Oh hey,
1: what's up? (laughs) There you go. I can spot a problem. A mile away. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, certainly, I certainly dramatize that, you know, because those are the facts, but they're slightly dramatized, but but it is, those are the facts, ma'am. So yeah, dating is a great thing to talk about because let's try it. What would that be like? So what would that feel like? We would talk about what (laughs) someone really likes in someone and what they're looking for. And then the person listening would say, that's me. I have those qualities. Or would the person say, these are the qualities that I have. And would you like those? Which way would it go? I mean... You know, I I hadn't been on uh, dating
2: apps for probably four or five years up until maybe less than sixty days ago, right before this uh, pandemic took place. Right. So, um, I actually got on a dating app that actually has prompts, and you could choose from a prompt, and based on that, the dating app was Hinge, and based on those prompts, you could really get uh, an idea about what people were up to and how serious they were or how humorous they were. You could really get a clear idea, um, bigger than, you know, just the photos for me, it really worked. And that's actually how I found my current boyfriend was based on the prompts that he wrote. And, uh, I was like, this is, this one's a winner. Um, I'll take it, you know? So (laughs) these, these things about like these statements that we put out about ourselves are definitely like, a form of branding, right? You know, like every, everything that we do is a statement. Like, am I wearing pants? That's a statement. That's a brand, right?
1: (laughs) Um,
2: But everything that we do is, is branding. And either, either we're, we're going to be doing things that are kind of selfish, or we're going to be putting things out there that are selfless. Either we are in service Mm -hmm. or we're not in service. I mean, this is, um, so me being in the business of design for big media film and tv right uh i believe that taking those sorts of that sort of thinking and applying it to ourselves especially like in something as simple and as superficial as a dating (laughs) app these (laughs) tactics if you will uh they can really uh help you. Um, they can make you or break you. You know, we've all right. seen like really terrible dating app profiles, mm. right. That are hilarious. Um, mm. yes. and no one wants, no one wants that, but tragically, uh, some people just don't know any better. Right. right? So here we are. You
0: know, it's Absolutely. interesting. You what you say some
1: that? of the prompts. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's interesting. Oh, you oh, wait, say that
0: ahead. about, about, you know, applying branding and almost marketing type skills to our dating apps and to ourselves, it, it I always found that, you know, when we first start dating somebody, we're always on our best behavior, right? So we're given the our, our best potential, uh, uh the best view of ourselves to the to the new person as long as we're able to maintain and then you know, somewhere down the road the the we relax a little bit and some of our more um I guess less less flattering aspects of ourselves come out a little bit more and <laughs> and and people start to get more of the full story of who we are and i sometimes you know by that point it's too late
1: mm-hmm. you know what <laughs> one of the things i was going to ask you shima is what of the what are one of the prompts that you said that really yes. caught your attention and then dr energy to that speak to mm. that i really hear like okay. people off from the beginning and give them <laughs> the worst part of me first and say you know this is really me on a bad day it's a really good idea we know about this now because later <laughs> it's not going to get any better so anyway shiva can you tell us a little bit about the prompt that i love i love that um Well,
2: the prompt that really got me to uh, take a really good look at my boyfriend, um, his profile was what I'm currently obsessed with. Mm -hmm. And that prompt, like he wrote, I'm obsessed with talking about my business and talking about Dr. Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that prompt, he wrote, like, Jordan Peterson changed my life 15 months ago, and I thought, all right, here's a guy that talks about work, so he's not going to be afraid of me obsessively talking about my work, <laughs> which mm. is which is something that has broken many a first yes. date for me, yes. because uh, guess what, ladies? Uh, most men, <laughs> most boys, <shall laughs> I say, don't really like for a woman to talk about work and business, mm. especially. Um, so if you're obsessed with business development like I am um, you may not want to put that out there for a first date unless you're really dealing with a man that can handle it right secondly uh, someone that's talking about being obsessed with a thought leader such as Jordan Peterson Mm -hmm. showed me that this is someone that is interested in self-development and that someone that's been working on themselves which is a huge giant a plus plus in my world right Mm -hmm. because I'm also obsessed with that equally
1: that, that was a great, thank you for bringing that out. That mm-hmm. was a great point because sometimes people would think being obsessed with would wouldn't know how to take that. Right. But that sounds to me like you have something in common with someone if they're obsessed with it and you're also into it as much. If that could, be equate, if that could equate, you know, I'm into it more than anything else. And that's the way I take the word obsessed in a, in mm. a good way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. And Shima, you have 20 years, like it's hard to believe looking at you that you have 20 years of anything behind you because you have this amazingly hazel green, not blue, but (laughs) beautiful, sharp, piercing eyes and this gorgeous look about you. But you have 20 years behind you in, would you say it's design, branding? How would you, it's a combination of things, right?
2: Well, it's almost twenty years it's I think it's about seventeen years um now, but i mean it's nearly two decades right yeah. um
1: right right
2: i'm I'm kind of in disbelief about it also because i've been, <laughs> I've been in the same industry this whole time, even though I've changed my uh position i don't know at least eight or ten times during that time so right. um I would say that my world is mostly design over anything else. Design rules my world because every job that I have had has focused on like the overarching umbrella has been design, whether it's design for broadcast, network, television, whether it's design for advertising, commercials, and ad agencies, or whether it's motion graphics. You know, moving from editorial design to motion graphics and broadcast design or art direction for ad agencies um, you know i've I've worked as an editor, a designer, a broadcast animator um, I've worked as an art director, and then uh, I'd say in two thousand and nine I switched from the creative side of things and decided to learned the art of producing. And I put the creative stuff on hold and I started recruiting other creatives. And I became, you know, on the business side of things like maintaining things, being the middleman between client and creative and learning a whole other language, so to say, as a coordinator, than a producer, then senior producer then mm. director of business development uh, or representation of a portfolio of production companies and or teaching students at art school and now becoming an executive producer and starting my own shop Crimson and Cognac about a year and a half ago. So it's front of house, it's back of house. It's the whole, every, <laughs> every role in a restaurant, <laughs> and now trying to own the restaurant in a crazy recession. And let's see what this brings up, ladies and gentlemen.
0: So, Sheem, I was, I was curious about your, your business name, Crimson and Cognac. You know, I hear Tommy James and the Chandelles, Crimson and Clover. And then I hear Cognac, and that's very earthy and elegant. And, um, you know, somebody sitting there with a cigar and a big leather chair. And so I'm kind of curious about, about how, the, how you came up with that.
2: Love that. I love that you asked that question. Um, first of all, that name was chosen to instigate a conversation like this. So thank mm. you. Number two, it does come from that song, but actually it was the Joan Jett cover. Okay, right. That um the one that the first one I heard. Right. Um, Crimson and Clover. And uh the cognac was basically um, a way to feel high-end and bespoke and mm. you know, higher higher quality. Right. It's basically bridging those two words and really wanted to have something that goes to the world of hospitality and cocktails that I'm so enamored with. So right. it's sort of like the ode to service culture that I'm such a huge fan of. So right. that's the way Crimson and Cognac came up. So thank you for asking that. Yeah, hey, no worries.
0: Do you, do you, do you enjoy a glass of cognac every now and then, or?
2: <laughs> I um, since moving to Los Angeles uh, around 2009, my cognac consumption has actually gone down because uh, the climate is so warm here. But in Colorado, right. I did enjoy cognac and yep. armagnac. Oh, now I'm an agave fan, drinking <clears throat> mostly in mezcal. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: I'm I'm amazed to hear you say armagnac. I too like a glass of armagnac. A lot of people don't know about Armagnac and that it's another region exactly. in France and, and all that. And it's single distilled instead of double distilled and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
2: And the best stuff doesn't ever leave France. So next exactly. time you go to France, bring some over because they're hoarding it over there.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for, thank you for sharing that. I saw, so again, I love, I love the name and yes, I'm very familiar with the Joan Jet version.
1: I love well. it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So you mean Crimson and Cognac is in the house? Dr. Energy. <laughs> do you have a question for I, Shima?
0: I do actually. So, Shima, you, you mentioned about all these different roles that you've played in nearly two decades in, in the business and you know, now owning your own shop, as it were. And I, I'm just curious and you and you mentioned about, you know, the, that what intrigued you about your boyfriend's prompt about what he's obsessed with, especially the the um, personal growth and development aspect of things you mentioned. So I'm curious, what are what are some of the lessons you've learned about or truths you've learned about yourself and about business in nearly two decades in in the field?
2: Wow, that's a very interesting question. Um, I now that I started my own business and you know I'm 100 percent owner of it and it's right. um, I'm the only employee of this uh, creative consultancy and production company, which right. is um, which is strange that I opened up a creative shop without having a creative director on my roster. Um, right. What I learned is that, damn, I should have done this 10 years ago. <laughs> um, you know, I i don't know if it's because being female. I don't know if it's because being a, a daughter of immigrant parents and I'm first generation American here. I don't know exactly what it is, but I always thought that other people because they had had like a position of like owner, founder, executive mm. producer. Um, I gave other people a lot more credit in what they knew and what they brought to the table um, or uh, basically thinking that someone that had more experience than me, having more years of experience doing something uh, equated to, they were better at a job than me. Right. right. Um when I started learning to produce uh it took me a while to understand that that thinking was heavily flawed and the only way I could really understand that was talking to people that were what I experience as 10 times more successful in life than me and when right. they broke things down for me I really understood that I my thinking and my perspective was wrong so now When, um, I'm working with younger people, like when I was teaching, I really enjoyed teaching like these, I guess, young millennials, like to start their own thing, start their Mm. own businesses right away and to experience and fail and experience and fail because they will learn so much more about themselves. Like whether it's having confidence or facing their own demons, you know, or facing their own, uh, inadequacies and figuring out how to find people mm. to support them through all that, you know, like I would be nothing without my bookkeeping team. Right. right. I, I, I don't mm. even know my business EIN number without texting my
0: bookkeeper. <laughs> you know, cause I
2: can't be bothered to go look it up. It's like, I would right. rather pay someone else to give me that information than me like waste my time looking for it and getting all uh, flustered in the process. Right. right because right. I don't want my brain to be, forced to think about everything
0: right right?
2: Right. as a business owner that's trying to that you know being in the I consider myself to be in like the client services business right Right. like what I sell is basically a it's not really a tangible good it's design and branding to sell you know multi million dollar projects which are feature films usually that's what I'm focusing on and it's a challenging thing to even find these clients, these projects, to even pitch on them to even get to these people and have conversations with them and develop relationships. You know, it's, um, it's a, it's a bit of a different game than when I was working direct to client as a freelance designer and just making a logo for a small mom and pa shop for right. you know, $5,000 that was like 15 years ago. Right. Uh, now, if you charge five thousand dollars for a small business level, you're doing pretty well, I think. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just—I I guess I learned that it's really triggering. Um, as you know, anyone that's done any sort of project, whether it's business or creative or starting a new relationship, it's just a highly triggering thing to go into something on your own and try to face the world through it.
0: Right it's something that that i like to uh to say is you know you can't work on, on on your relationship stuff unless you're in a relationship you can you know work on some of your own stuff but to really to really work on relationships relationship stuff you need to actually be in a relationship so i totally get what you're saying
1: yeah right right right
0: um catherine Shima, you had a question Yeah,
1: thank you Shima. you and i talked about this a little bit offline and you know let's let's talk about it online because so many people need need to hear this and you know present company included mm. how important is the right brand for the right for any company period and the crimson and cognac bu network uh, coca-cola pepsi cola i don't want to pick anybody and leave anybody out but how important is it and then tell us a little bit about like why and when people get it wrong what does it cost them not, not to redo it, like in, in energy, what does it cost them? In market share, and market... What is, can you talk a little bit about that with me, with us?
2: I mean, you mentioned some pretty uh, big brands there. I mean, Crimson & Cognac is something that, you know, like a handful of people know, right? But then Coca-Cola is known globally. Mm-hmm. If you compare RC Cola to Coca-Cola, I mean, mm-hmm. who, who, who owns that market share? Right, um mm. who owns that global uh name? Um, when people think about brands, branding is uh is is such an important thing, and if you listen to someone like Gary Vee, who talks about this like yep. all the time, you know certain certain companies got it so big, like you know Kleenex, Xerox, that their names became a verb or a noun right. right. Xerox something, or you know, grab me a Kleenex. Right. Um, get me a Coke, even if it's like an orange soda. Right. <laughs> Depending on what part of uh, the world you live yep. in, um, I think, and you know, it's it's kind of hard to talk about branding when it's in such a, um, a giant global space. Uh, I think people, by default. Look at a brand as that global thing, like Coca-Cola or Nike, right? Mm. Um, but it's kind of everything. When we talk about brand as uh, what we what we're putting out and what we're offering to people, like, let's say, on a dating profile, it becomes very we make very snap judgments when we see a few pictures of a person or just one picture, mm. or see just one thing that they write about themselves. And the brand is not owned by that company or owned by that individual. A brand is basically the belief that others hold about us or that company.
0: Right. Mm, right. It's, yeah, that's so
2: it's all. It's all perception. So, right. how do we control? How do we manipulate? How do we steer? How do we guide that perception that we want others to have of us mm. when they? Think of our company or who we're showing up as in the marketplace or in our family or in our relationships you right. know so it's a lot of work um <laughs> to to uphold that perception that belief system because we don't own it
0: right I, I, I and you said some really great stuff in there you know the um the whole you know so many people think of a brand as simply a logo or or a or a text mark or something like that when and when really the branding is like you said it's what how other people perceive us or perceive a company is really because we can say what we want about ourselves all the time but it's how we are what other people are perceiving us as that is truly our brand we can say we stand for this but if other if, if consistently the majority of people are saying no we see you as this then that's what you are right you know, And 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 like you said about people make these snap judgments about you know a picture or a logo or a text. You know it was, wasn't there. Uh, uh, there was a book, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Blink. Right? You make we make these decisions so quickly uh, and usually on a non conscious level about a person, a brand, a, a product, whatever. And and then it's hard to change our our story about it afterwards.
1: Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, Shima, about the brand and the people behind the brand. So when you're doing this work, do you look at the people, do you look at the mission? What is it that you look at as the creative, the producer, the designer, the person who you know when you're looking at something you obviously know before the client most of the time, I'm certain, or right up there with them because they're hiring you, right? You get hired because you have... That skill set and that foresight. I mean, do you match it to people? Like, what do you connect it (laughs) to?
2: I would hope that that's the reason why I get hired. Um, I don't think that that's actually the reason why people get hired these days. Um, I think it happens for really large uh, design firms, you know, that have been doing this for global companies forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when it comes to smaller boutique shops like mine, I'm seeing cognac, it's really um, a word of mouth thing. Um, and it's, it's basically, it's basically people take a risk every time, like anytime you're hiring someone to do anything, you're taking a risk on that person, whether it's a mechanic, Mm -hmm. a hairstylist, a new manicurist, a plumber, um, you're taking a risk on, uh, putting your faith in that person's services, you know, especially if it's the first time you're working with them. And this is why we, this is why we value word of mouth so much in our society. It, It doesn't matter what the service is that we're looking into we want that's why we we read reviews on things and we talk to people and we uh get other people's like opinions before we move forward with something whether it's Mm. a 50 dollar thing or it's a five million dollar thing right so i think um i think the brand comes into place like in terms of like reputation so word of mouth shows up as a Form of reputation game, and if your reputation is good, and a relationship is good with uh, your prospective client and someone else, you know, the the middleman between you two, like that's that's a good starting point, right? That we all want, but it's it's basically a gamble every time you're hiring someone to do something. And I would love to say that when someone approaches Crimson and Cognac, approaches me as a producer that they are entrusting with our creative project with, let's say a feature film to brand that film. Now, no one is calling it branding, right? I'm calling it branding. People are right. saying I want a main title or I just want title sequence. They're not even going to call it a logo. I want a title, right? That's the, the industry term of how it's referred to. Um, I have to act like I don't know anything, about that project I actually have to come in not as an expert I have to come in as the novice as the total stranger and kind of look at something with um completely childlike open eyes right Mm -hmm. because I need to act like the viewer that is uninformed about this project about this film so when they see the preview for it before the movie they actually paid to see or if they see the key art for it somewhere, they see a billboard or they see a preview. Um, That branding of the film, that title needs to hit at a visceral level. And they won't maybe understand why, unless they're educated in this, right? It needs to hit them at pretty much a primal level as a yes or a no. It's very rare that like we see things and it's like, oh, maybe. It's usually a, that looks like it sucks or... (laughs) I might be into that. You know, it's weird right. that it's like, oh yes, I'm definitely going to see this. Yeah. Unless it's something that is affiliated with another project that right. we've, we have some sort of association with, right? Right. So coming into something with completely fresh eyes is where I have to come in as the consultant and bring that perspective to my client who no longer has those fresh eyes on the film because right, they've been right. in it for probably a couple of years up to that point, right?
0: right. So it you know it, you, you, there's a great point in there about the the visceral primal level. you know we neuroscience has shown that we actually make a decision on something before we're even consciously aware of it. And those decisions are all based on emotions. And then we make up logic afterwards to fit that decision or to justify it. Mm -hmm. So the, the, to think that we can actually make a logical decision is actually not true. (laughs) So, so, so being able to tap into that when you're working on a project is, is, and be able to make that connection with people with an audience that you wouldn't have even met yet. Uh, But to to be able to make that connection, that's, that's a, a real talent, a real skill to, to be able to have and to develop.
2: Yeah, this is this thing of emotions um, is actually really interesting because the more I learn about emotions is the more I understand that our emotions are just on a, on a loop, on a cycle, or like a broken record. So this is why when you have creative things that show up, um, nothing is really truly 100% new and fully creative because if something comes out and it's a hundred percent different than anything we've seen before and there's no frame of reference for it emotionally, how do we connect to that thing?
0: Right. We don't. That's artwork, right? Art. The the, the people always say art is basically you're trying to evoke a a reaction an emotional response to, to your work.
2: You are. And And if it's something completely out there that people haven't seen before, it's really hard to connect to it. It's basically like, hearing a language that hasn't been outwardly spoken yet? How, how, mm-hmm. do we, how do we connect to it? How do we connect to a color we've never seen before? It's right. um, the philosophy of that, you know, like emotionally, we have to connect to something. And this is why we see creative projects. We see cycles of thinking like right mm-hmm. now, like things that take place in the 90s are really big. So when you see <laughs> when you see like fashion right now, there's a big there's a big push on like '90s fashion, '90s rave style, and oh wow, you know, um, it and so we we just go in these waves and like we tap into that emotional uh, feeling of decades ago right. because right. that's what's in right now. That's what we're being told is in right now.
0: Right, right. Like, hopefully, hopefully '80s flock of seagulls hair doesn't come back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think maybe you've already been there, done that. Been there, done that a couple yeah, times,
0: done, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it sounds to me like business. And if I just think, I'm listening to what you're saying, the energy we put into looking at a dating site, the energy we put into choosing people to help us in our business, people that we hire with fresh eyes, as you put it, that's pretty much the best perspective we could have all round as the business owner, as well as from your perspective. Imagine if the owners of that business or that project had fresh eyes as well, and were open to what is going to happen. We're open to the positive emotional attachments so that those relationships can deepen and build because it's about the stories that we connect to. Right, Shima? It is.
2: It is about those stories. It is about connecting. I would say the, the one thing I defer upon here though, is the fresh eyes. Mm. Um, I think making business, mm. business decisions, especially like when hiring people, uh, I definitely don't want to go into it with
1: fresh eyes. Um, <laughs> my, my open eye, maybe own openness Could Would that make more sense to say to be yeah, open?
2: Openness, openness is one thing, but for my perspective, um, even that is a danger in my business. When I hire a designer to uh, work on a project, I can't work with the same designers for every project because every designer's got a different frame of reference, a mm. different—they uh, have a different background, they have a different skill set, they have a different point of view. So I actually need to be very strategic
1: and needle in the haystack sort of thinking versus open, right? So, so let, me place it, let me place it a little differently in case I wasn't clear. Let's say you're pitching someone because you're good at it. That person, as opposed to you, that project, that movie, that, that house that's going to hire you, do you prefer those people to have an openness about them or do you want them? Tell me what that's like for you, the best way for you to get in the door.
2: That's a good question. I think I, I go into the initial meetings with, uh, you know, the director, the producer, the editor, anyone that's on the creative side of things, mm. or deci- the, the decision makers. Um, mm. And my goal is to get in their heads and see where they're at. A, are they open? Or B, do they know what they want? Um, it's one or the other. Uh, right. I'll tell you this, mostly people will say that they're open. Uh, that's mm. false. I think, I think humans. Yeah, as as adults, as uh, as creative people, we liked we like to say that we are open because we want to be congruent with other people. We want to say that we're open and. because it feels good to say that right Right. it's kind of a harsh thing to say you know actually i'm not very open i'm very rigid in my (laughs) decision making you know what i'm saying but most of the time like when people ask you like what flavor of ice cream we're not that open on what is our favorite flavor we're pretty rigid about it right Um, but if we're like on a first date, maybe we'll say, Oh, whatever you like, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, putting put our best foot forward, right?
2: Foot forward, yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's the norm. But I think that, um, it's a matter of seeing where people are at and making an educated guess and right. basically rolling the dice and gambling. Mm-hmm. Are they being mm-hmm. honest with me? Are they actually open or are they actually, do they know what they want? And it, I put a lot of pressure on myself to figure that out and ask really crazy, strange questions trying to figure out the inner psychology of the main decision maker and to even figure out who the main decision maker is very quickly and make that snap judgment. There's there's a whole lot of gambles in all of this, right?
0: Mm. It's um, one of the things that I like, The, the, the what you... What you said there is, and this is something I do in, in my practice when I meet new patients or potential new patients, is I want to get into their model of the world. So what is their thinking? How do they see their, for instance, their health perspective? Or if I'm working with somebody about public speaking and presenting, how do they see themselves as a presenter? What are, the, what are their beliefs about it? And because I can't invite somebody into my world straight away without at least getting an understanding of what their world is like, and then finding the bridge, the, the doorway to invite them then into my world in a way that makes sense for them and that they feel safe and seen and heard and all of those things, then that we can then potentially see a way to work together.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a challenge, I, I yeah. feel. Is that, I mean, because you're trying to do that, um, I'm guessing in the first meeting, trying to figure, trying to assess if this is the right relationship to move forward with.
0: I, I I think it goes with with any meeting, whether it's with a new patient, a, a potential client, or just somebody you you you, you want to develop a business relationship with, or just a relationship with in general. It could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I think that you know you, to to start to understand people and where a relationship could go, we have to try and find out about how the other person sees the world.
2: Right, right, and that's. Uh, let, that's
1: let me a give you force. It's a creative game, and so it's Yeah. Let me give you a funny perspective on that because that's so, so true, right? Speak the language of the other person. And as you were speaking, Dr. Energy, I was thinking of a puppy and children. (laughs) And I was thinking of that little puppy (laughs) coming up and licking your hand and looking at you like, do you have something for me? If not, I'm going somewhere else. And then I was thinking of a child who doesn't complicate things. And who just basically hands you that rock or that piece of candy or the worm on the floor and just, you know, on the ground, just picks it up and stares at you and gives it to you. And you either take it or you don't. And regardless of what you do, the reaction is, you know, maybe somebody else will. And I love when I look at animals and of course, you know, we're taking walks and looking at kids and looking at how uncomplicated life is. Mm. You know, the eyes through a canine or a feline Mm. or a child. And what we do as adults, obviously, when we're looking at selling, let's just say, Mm. or, you know, pitching, we want to make sure we're in the right playing field. But what if, just what if we took, you know, a day, a week, a month, six months and said, I'm going to act like a little puppy or a kid. I'm just going to say. (laughs) I'm going to
0: run around and lick everybody as a puppy.
1: (laughs) I'm going to lick everyone. That might not go over well right now. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. It could be a virtual a virtual yeah, yeah. looking at this yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got it, right? Because there's another way. There's always another way to approach things. And when you have people who look like you, Shima, this intense, beautiful look, I could imagine sitting across a boardroom table from you or whatever, a picnic table from you, and you creating these questions to ask me how i would want to make sure that you said yes i would want you to say yes you would take the job as opposed to would i hire you i could envision hmm. you getting that perspective <laughs>
2: maybe i should apply for some jobs in right now
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, thank you thank you. uh let me put that on my linkedin um okay you know when you're when you're talking about the if we could be like a child hmm. or to be like a, a dog or a cat and uh not what i what i get from that is actually we, um the child doesn't bring any preconceived notions to the table right. the child doesn't bring this baggage of a lifetime of being an adult yes. um yes and it's that whole thing of the child isn't a broken record, like playing the, you know, like just the needle stuck in the groove. Right. Uh, the child is seeing things with open eyes, and um, everything is in a state of wild wonder. But as adults, we replay these emotions again and again and again, and we don't have that many emotions that we're going through. It's you know a pretty limited amount. Uh, we may think that we're pretty complex, but we're not. We're we're going to the same emotional states, you know, all day, and we're repeating yeah. that for weeks months years you know so i feel like if we were to cultivate that capability that i call it uh, a superpower being able to be creative uh i think that the whole uh definition for me of being creative is being able to hold two opposing viewpoints at once if we are able to do that as people our entire lives dramatically change
0: I, I agree. and I think that, you know, one of the things that that I see uh, frequently, especially in, in my practice, is that, as you say, people live in within a certain sphere of emotions, you know, there's how many, there's 300 emotions. And most people probably live in 10 to 12, maybe 20 emotions regularly. And it's like you say, they get into these ha- and they become habits. And anything that ends up happening outside of those comfortable emotions. And when I say comfortable, it means emotions that they're used to having. So it could be anger, it could be upset, it could be depression, it could be happiness or sadness, whatever. Most people have a set of emotions that is their default. And anything that happens outside of that, now people start to lose the ability to respond to effectively. And I think that if we can practice those emotions, in fact, I have a colleague, he does this. He picks five emotions at the beginning of the day and practices each one for a minute, just feeling that emotion. And he picks five different ones each day. And so expanding his ability, his nervous system's ability to be adaptable and flexible and creative. And I think that is an amazing, amazing way to go about it.
2: Wow, that's fascinating i've never heard of that exercise but that's so that's so intriguing and to hear that you know the the limited range that limited palette of emotions that we have at, mm-hmm. in general is it's it's kind of sad really it's, really sad. <laughs> you
0: know? it's very it's very sad it is very sad it, it create it, it creates um imagine imagine as a creative that you were only able to create uh with a color palette of three to five or six colors right it's be like working on on the computer and digital right be like working with 8 bit 8 bit color rather than 16 or 32 bit right so yeah, interesting so that's kind of the difference
1: wow 300 emotions imagine
0: there's the there's a great book by um David Hawkins called power versus Dr. David Hawkins called power versus force and there's i think something like 300 emotions that he lists in there so
2: wow that's I mean just month. compare that's a uh, lot of uh the emotional palette of a man to a woman, mm. in you know, default terms, right. that women are kind of vilified for showing such a high range <laughs> of emotions, and men, you know, are hungry or bored or happy. You know, well, like, I mean, and this is what society, like, yeah, pop culture, like, there, tells there's, us, right?
0: there's, there's a, there's this. We have, we have in our society, in our culture, especially in the Western culture, we have conflated. Being emotional with being hysterical, being at, this, at the whim of our emotions, right. rather than being emotional means being having emotional intelligence, being, being able to move from one emotion to another effectively and in the moment. Because that's really what, you know, you hear the thing that emotions are energy in motion. They're, they're there specifically to create a change of state within us so that we can access a different level of energy, a different state of being in a moment. And there, and then move on. If you're stuck in the loop of anger and upset, and oh, they did this to me 30 years ago, and I'm still mad at it. That's not an, an emotion anymore. That's a story. That's a habit.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So,
0: so being able, so for, and and it's interesting. I some of the most manly men that I know personally are very have a very wide emotional range and response. and, wow. it's, and, and the ability to be able to cry appropriately or in when it's, when it's an appropriate emotion, that's what's wrong with that or be upset when it's right to be upset. That's just, that's just being a more fully connected human being in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I love that. I, I, I hope to see more men, especially, uh, learn these skills. You know, it, it's happening now. It's happening. I I'm seeing it have people in my life that are a lot more developed that way, but there's also, you know, a, a large group of people that yeah. feel like they're not allowed to express yeah. that. So it's, uh yeah, it's very interesting.
1: Dr. Energy, there's a lot of depth to what you said. And I'm thinking, you know, there's something in there called a grudge. Like we could have another oh. whole show about, you know, these stories that go on. And oh again, God. based on, our family. Uh, thank God for our family oh, yeah. thank God for our families to give us so much to podcast about. We basically <laughs> don't want them forever. Thank you to all those things that those families have done and loved us Absolutely. for so for so long. And and Shima, we have we have a section of our podcast where we like to call it the view final moment is from our conversation the conversation worth having that we all engaged in right now, what came up for us? We could call it a takeaway or the gift that you take with you. If We'll put you on the spot because we all basically do this at the same time. We never know until we have this conversation. Would you be kind enough to share what your BU final moment is with us? And then Dr. Energy, I'll ask you to share yours. Thank you. Whoa, the final moment, the, the
2: takeaway. For me, what's coming up is that there's, Definitely a power in um, communicating with other like-minded people Mm -hmm. and just uh, the power of expressing stories and communicating and connecting. I think uh, right now with what's going on with this high level of isolation Mm -hmm. and also the inflated amounts of, thinking and overthinking and our brains going and over processing and not having our normal uh, sacred rituals to escape to. Um, It's really interesting that there's such a power in um, a deflating of, you know, energy in a good way when connecting with other people like this, right. you know, there's a, there's a, there's a power that happens. It's sort of like, uh, it's like an overheated engine that, mm-hmm. um, is no longer idling. It's, mm-hmm. uh, finally on the road again. And that's what it feels like to just connect and talk about anything really, right. you know? So that, that's, what's, that's what's becoming real for me because in this period of isolation in the past few weeks, I haven't really wanted to connect with people. I'm just like, well, you know, I'm an extrovert, but I don't really want to connect. But this has really shown me otherwise that it's actually very powerful and very freeing.
1: So thank you so much for this opportunity. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, you're thank welcome. You thank you for being up. here with us, Doctor Energy. Yes. What is your view? Final moment.
0: Well, what are you doing? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> um I like Shima, I'm also an extrovert and uh so this isolation stuff and I'm and I happen to have uh, you may Shima you may be familiar with the love languages. I happen to be my primary love language is physical touch. So being an extrovert and being a hugger and liking just somebody being near me, touching my shoulder or whatever. I'm going through some withdrawal symptoms myself. So I totally get what you're saying. And also the, the other point you brought up about um, connecting with people and how it sort of, it's almost like sticking a pin in a balloon, but not rather than the balloon exploding, it just like hisses the air out. And is that, that deflating, taking the anxiety, the, that, that, panicked almost energy and bringing it down a notch so we can think a little bit more clearly you know we we when we're in fear and 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 anxiety our brains do not work the same way and we just don't think straight um and being able to 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 bring that down a notch so we can feel a little bit more calmer we can make decisions with a little with more clarity in our life and as you mentioned about um connecting with other people and finding other people in community you know that's the the people that we hang out with on a regular basis whether it's you know person to person or over zoom or some other um, digital means we really it's really great to be able to connect with other people that not only think like us but can also challenge our thinking to a degree because you don't want to again get too comfortable with the way we think and set in our ways of thinking so being able to um, make those connections and really um, be with people as much as we can is really important and I wanted to thank you for for being on tonight and bringing that up for me it's really 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 good so thank you wow thank you and Catherine Rara what's up with you tonight
1: Oh, thank you. My be final moment, I have two points that I'd like to make, and I know we like to, you know, keep it concise, but. <laughs> I, did, I didn't I'd keep it really concise need, there. <laughs> that's okay. So that's why I'm going to follow you. So <laughs> what I would like to do is highlight, point out, put the spotlight on what Shima said earlier, and mm. this could be and should be the mantra for every business owner. Mm. Holding two opposing viewpoints at once.
0: Mm.
1: Being able to do that, being willing, even being aware, forget executing it, just Mm. even understanding that that's a place of service to me is... An amazing point. And my real takeaway, that, that's certainly a takeaway, not that it's a fake takeaway. My, <laughs> my real takeaway is I was listening to Shima speak and I was feeling like we were not speaking for the first time, that we mm-hmm. were speaking, having a conversation. And not that we have. Shima and I have spoken before. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in a podcast, it's the first time that we all get together and that happens and that's the way way it goes. But it didn't feel like that. When we talked about are you all in, my BU takeaway is that when you trust and you show up with trust and you're all in, great things happen because we all have each other's back. No Mm. pun intended.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This has been an amazing opportunity for me, Shima, and for Dr. Energy, I know I can speak for him and for BU, to be able to hold this sacred space for us. We're all extroverts and we all have that power of connecting, the desire of connecting. And I'm, I'm sure we all can... You know, show each other a few really good strategies about that because when you're extrovert, you you certainly have practiced <laughs> it. I have most of my life. I don't think I've ever now practiced that. Coming together feels just feels right, really does. So this has been an, an amazing time. And I'd love to continue this in any other fashion on any other platform. However that works out, this just feels so good. So thank you. Yes, yes please.
0: Excellent. All right. So much. Again, Shima, thank you so much for being, for being on tonight. And uh, I'm sure we will connect again very soon.
1: My pleasure. Thank yes. you. Uh, Shima, hang out with us. Hang out with us a little nice bit. Time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. Tell your friends about conversations worth having on BU Network we really appreciate your reviews and you can do that on apple podcast thank you
0: for show notes and links go to www.b-u.network forward slash podcasts connect with us via our website www.b-u.network and build a relationship with us sign up to receive information updates and your free video training at www.b-u.network/pro.
1: We are looking forward to hearing from you, and thank you for being with us. Ciao, ciao,
0: babies.